thank you for listening to Waypoint Community Church Podcasts. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome this morning. I don't know about you, but I just think there's something extremely cool about seeing youth just worship. Can we just honestly give them another round of applause for these these leaders put in a lot of time, and the students are just incredible. I've, I've always believed that here at Waypoint, we have the best students, and we have the best parents as well. Just incre- an incredible group of students. And, you know, it's tough to go to, it's tough to, go to school and, and try to be like Jesus. It really is. We were all in school once. We know how hard that can be. So I think the fact that, you know, they, they come here and take their time out of their schedule, I, to me, is just very inspiring. So I hope you had a good... Uh, Weekend. I spent my weekend dressed up as a 1920s um, New York City bootlegger, I guess, or whatever. My name was Ray- Raymond Reynolds. I was at a, a 1920s uh, party last night, and uh, just to let everyone know, I did not commit the murder. I don't know if you've ever done one of those 1920s things, but tons of fun, and I'm reminded yet again that <clears throat> when you do life with people, it's just the greatest, because I was, I was reminded last night that, wow, laughing is really good for the soul, and I had a headache. I laughed so hard. I just, I love laughing, and I hope you, you do as well, and I hope you had a good weekend. So we're going to kick this thing off, but before we do this morning, I'd love if you could just bow your heads with me. We could take a moment to pray together. Lord, we thank you for who you are, God. You are a God who deeply cares for us. You love us. You have passion for us. Um, and I know you're smiling down right now because you just saw students, kids, youth, young adults, whatever you want to call them. You saw them pouring their hearts out to you, God, and I believe that makes you smile very large. I really believe, God, that you are a God who who wants to see us do good. You want to give us good things. You want to bless us. And the blessing, I guess, that, that we ask for today is that you would grow us a little closer to you. Whether it be through the worship, whether it be conversations that people have, whether it be through the message, whether it be through somebody that greeted uh, someone coming in through the door, whatever it might be this morning, I ask that we would grow a little closer to you. I ask that not only our church, but churches around our area would be filled with people, um, that they too would grow closer. I ask that people around our country would be in churches and they would grow closer with you, God. I ask that people around our world this morning as we raise up different parts of the body in different places, different communities, may we grow closer to you today. That is ultimately our goal. We are so grateful, God, that you deeply love us and you gave us an opportunity after this life to be be in peace and be together with you. We love you and we just ask and we invite your Holy Spirit. You're always welcome here. And nothing else is welcome here but you, Jesus. Your Holy Spirit is the only spirit that's welcome here. You are a good God. You're a God of peace, a God of love, God of mercy. And so we want you to know this morning, God, that your Holy Spirit is invited. We love you, and it's in your amazing name. Amen. Well, I was thinking through, I always think about, like, you know, what am I going to speak on? What's, what's kind of stern? How do I prepare? And I think everybody, everybody probably prepares different as they're thinking about what they're going to speak on, and I usually think through some either life experiences that have maybe happened with me, or some stories I've heard, or some things that might be going on with some people I care about, and a lot of times, 
I'll be honest with you, I kind of struggle to think about something because I want to make sure that the, the times that I'm speaking, I really uh, do a good job with my preparation and make sure that, that this is what God wants me to talk about. But sometimes that gets really hard because as I've shared with you many times, I'm a warrior and I second guess myself a lot. And so I think, ah, maybe that's not exactly like what I need to be speaking on and I'll take a while to actually get the topic. That's always been my challenge. But it's interesting because when I was thinking about this topic, I thought to myself, what is just going to be very clear? I was like, God, I just believe that when I do these next two weeks, it's just going to be very clear. And you're going you're gonna to show me exactly what hopefully our congregation needs and what, what I need to talk about. And I thought, let me walk in obedience to that. So I started thinking through it, and I, I was gone this week in Indy, and so I got back, and I was like, man, I don't have as much time to, to prepare. Normally, you know, we pre- prepare a couple weeks in advance, but I just wasn't really thinking exactly about what I was going to do, but I thought, let's make this thing clear. So I sat down Thursday, and I thought, all day Thursday, I'm going to take just the whole day. I'm going to really prepare. I'm going to be diving into prayer and think about what God wants, and it was very clear to me right off the bat what this was supposed to be about, and I hope you're blessed from this this morning, but I wanted to call this sermon Prince of Peace, and A lot of times we hear this around the Christmas season. In fact, Blair just talked about it not too long ago, but he talked about what God does and how he brought the peace. And I remember him saying that he said, things in your life that have the ability to disrupt your your peace. There's things that are in your life that have ability to disrupt your peace. I think we could all agree with that. Some bad things happen, some disappointing things happen. It's easy for your peace to be disrupted. But he said that God came down as a baby to bring you peace. And I thought that was terrific. And that's exactly what we know for the Christmas story, that Jesus came down as a baby, wanted to bring you peace. And it's kind of interesting how he brought peace with the story because he comes as a baby when there's gonna be chaos and there's gonna be a lot of confusion because he should have come as a 25-year-old man with a lot of testosterone and a warrior and people really respect this guy and he decides not to do that. He decides to come as a baby and so there's gonna be some questions and there's gonna probably be a lot of confusion and you can't really have confusion in peace, can you? That's what, it seems to contradict each other. And so I thought that was cool, but I I wanted God, I I was asking God, what what do you want me to do with this? Like Blair just spoke on this like two months ago, we get it, Prince of Peace, it's not Christmas, it's February now, it's the worst month of the, what do you want, God? And and I, I sensed him saying something to me that really rocked my world. Oh, and I hope this morning that to some extent it can rock your world. Not because it's the most profound thing you've ever heard, not because I'm that great of a speaker, not because anything other than I hope this morning you can hear truth from the Holy Spirit, and I've been convicted very, very hard this week about this. I want to ask you a couple questions, and I want you to think about them really quick. I want you to think right now, do you have peace in your life right now? Now, obviously, you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to look at the screen and and answer this in your heart. Do you have peace in your life right now, as you sit here. The second question that I want you to ask yourself is where does your peace come from? Where does your peace come from? When you think about that in your heart, exactly what's the source of your peace? And then thirdly, what is peace? If we're to answer that, the first couple questions, you might wanna know what the third one actually is. What is peace? And this is kind of where I was rocked this week because I thought so many different things that we hear of when we think of peace. We hear happiness, we hear joy, we hear uh, encouragement, we hear, you know, peaches and cream, fluffy. Like, that's what I think when I think peace, that everything's good, life is perfect, I'm on the straight and narrow, I have no stresses, 
That's what I think of when I think peace. And if you were to think about what you think about peace, what would you say? If you were being honest with yourself, would you say that peace is this great feeling, it means that I'm totally happy, my life is good, everything is good, or would you think about it another way? And this is where I felt convicted this week. And I wanna give you guys a little background in the Old Testament. Uh, Peace is actually in the Hebrew word. It's salom or shalom. Most people, obviously, it's pronounced shalom very often. So shalom, that means peace. That is the form of peace. And in the Old Testament, it describes this as the realm where chaos is not allowed to enter. Chaos being understood as sickness, war, social strife, or the violation of the covenant. You see, peace or shalom is actually forbidding the opportunity of chaos to come in your life. So this makes sense as I'm reading it. I'm thinking, oh, okay, shalom. Like every time I read Austin, uh, or I don't know where Austin is, but every time I read Austin Benson's email, he's got shalom at the bottom. I'm like, oh man, I already feel peaceful because I just read that. But shalom, the Old Testament, it's very, very much about removing chaos from your life. That's what it would be. But it's kind of interesting as we dive into this topic of peace and what this actually looks like is you begin to see that when Jesus came, the idea of peace actually changed. See, sometimes I lump these things together. When I'm talking Old Testament and New Testament, I just lump everything together. Maybe I forget context. Maybe I forget the time of the story. Maybe I forget that God came down and completely changed what the law looked like. We know that there was this law and people needed to follow it in the Old Testament, and that was kind of how you showed glory to God. But then in the New Testament, Jesus comes. And he says, I want to make a new path for you, one that's not as structured, one that's not as uh, maybe, if you will, religious. I want to make this about relationship. I want to make this about your heart. See, it's not just about the things that you're doing, because I can sit there and serve somebody all day, but it's about the heart. If I'm sitting there serving somebody and I'm grumbling under my breath, oh, I hate this, what is that doing? See, it's about the heart and it's about the relationship and it's about your pursuit of Jesus. And that's what happens exactly in the New Testament. But the Old Testament, we see that that's exactly what shalom is. It's essentially saying, I don't want you to have war, social strife. I'm gonna remove chaos from your life. So when we read in the Old Testament that these people were at peace, chances are what you're actually seeing in that moment is these people were not at war. They did not have social strife going on. There was no violation of the law and they were probably probably did not have any chaos in their life at the time. That's what we see in the Old Testament. So we can go home now, that's good. If you have no chaos in your life, you have no war, you have no social strife, you have nothing, you can just, we, we can all just leave right now. But I'm gonna venture to say that in each one of your life right now, there's no way that nothing is going on, correct? I bet if every single one of you, even if everything is going really well and you're really happy and things are good, because right now, I'll be honest with you, in my life, things are pretty good. I've gotten a lot of great time with my sons. My wife and I are doing well. I'm enjoying the job. I love, love being in ministry. I mean, things are going fairly well. I mean, I'm pretty happy right now. And so would that just mean that peace is a seasonal thing? Because I have peace right now. But I shared with you last February that I did not have peace because I went through a really tough time with Megan and we were trying to figure some stuff out and we were trying to be the best spouses we could be, but we had, had some stumbling blocks and all this stuff. And so now does peace become a seasonal thing? Because if that's what it's saying, then that's not really a thought that I'm all excited about because it's just if I feel good or not. And when I think about peace, I've attached the feeling, and maybe I'm just the dumb one in here, but I've attached the feeling of peace to feeling good, to being happy, 
to being really joyful, to all those things. And what that again means is that peace is a seasonal thing. That means that when Jesus came down for those 33 years, there might have been a little bit of peace, but for the most time, there probably wasn't because not only did he come down in not a very peaceful situation, he left in a very unpeaceful situation. You have the king of the earth who's actually gonna come down and he wants to offer us peace, which is what Blair talked about. He wants to offer us peace, but he's gonna come down in the most unpeaceful way because he's gonna come down with confusion and chaos and fear. You think when those three wise men first saw the star and heard the angel, you think they were like, oh, this makes sense. They probably thought, oh my gosh, this doesn't make any sense. I, th I thought this was supposed to be the Messiah. I thought this guy was gonna be sitting on the throne. He came as a, a baby and he's not even staying at the JW Marriott. He's staying at a, he's staying at a little like gross like barn kind of essentially place. What, with donkeys? No, no, this is our king? You gotta be kidding me. See, there was fear and there was confusion. And I can promise you that at that moment when the, when the three wise men saw that, there was no peace. I can promise you that in the heart of Joseph, there was no peace. I can promise you that in the heart of Mary, there probably was no peace. Why? Because the things that were filling her probably were fear, confusion. How could this happen? Why me? All these different things. It would have been a very, very scary time. So the Old Testament really lays this out. And then Jesus comes and he wants to give us an opportunity. And I don't know where you're at right now, but I want to ask you the question is, as we go back real quick to take a look at that first question, if we could, David, is I want to ask you, do you have peace in your life right now? And then I wanna ask you, where does your peace come from? Maybe you're walking through a tough situation right now, a tough relationship right now, a tough situation at your job, all these different things, and maybe you're not finding peace and you're crying out to God and you're like, God, I thought you were the Prince of Peace. <clears throat> I thought you were gonna offer me peace. Instead, I'm miserable and I'm trying to figure all this stuff out and I can never have peace. And God reminds us that he is the Prince of Peace. You see, peace in its fullness is possible because Yahweh in its source is its source and he is the giver of peace to all. This morning what I wanna to talk to you about is remind you that where we find our peace is everything and who we find it from is everything because peace is not about a place, peace is not about a pace, peace is not about a problem and peace is not about people. See, if I give a place, a certain place, if that's the stuff that brings me peace, then that place can take that peace away. If it's a pace, it's my schedule. If that my schedule can give me peace, my schedule can certainly take my peace away. If it's a problem that's, that's given me a ton of just trouble, but then it leaves and I get peace, well, guess what? Life is hard and more problems are gonna come and so you're gonna face a lack of peace again. And if it's people that you're finding your peace in, a relationship that you're finding your identity in, or that's where you get your peace, I can promise you that people will let us down because there's only been one person so far that I know of that's been perfect and we're still talking about him today. And so people are gonna mess up. So if you put your peace in the pace, place, people, or problems, you're gonna find yourself in a world of hurt. And that's why today I wanna tell you that there's many, many things that we find peace in. Sometimes we find job promotions. We get a job promotion. Oh man, life is good. We, it's just gonna be exciting, we get more peace. Buying a new house, car, computer, guitar, whatever, Apple product for me. I'll tell you, those things, well maybe you're sitting there saying, wow, that's not peaceful at all when I buy a new house, that's actually really miserable. But the idea of getting something new, financial security, you know what, I'm taken care of, there's nothing I need, I can be 
just fine because no matter what happens to me, I'll always be financially secure. It doesn't matter if things are going bad or relationships aren't good. You know, it's, it's fine because I know that my bank account has enough money. I'll be just fine. Maybe it's good grades. Maybe you're a student. You're, you're getting good grades, and, and that's awesome. And I'm not saying these things shouldn't bring you peace. I'm saying that these should not be your source of peace because getting good grades is fantastic, and most of your parents are going to be like, wow, they should get good grades, and what are you talking about, Mike? I'm saying get some good grades. That's fantastic. But if that's your source of peace for students, that, that's not good either. Maybe it's knowledge. Maybe it's, oh, I know everything. I want to know all sorts of stuff. I want to be filled with information. And, and, and if I'm left out of something, I really need to be in the know. And when I'm left out of something, I get really kind of antsy and I don't have a lot of peace. But once I find out, you know, something, oh, now I have peace. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend. I've seen it a million times. When I was youth pastoring, I would see it all the time. And I would always just, in a very gracious way, Make sure that kids know that you shouldn't find your identity in your girlfriend or your boyfriend. I saw it happen a lot. Where I would talk to certain girls and they would say, yeah, I just don't have any confidence. I, you know, I, I'm dealing with this and, and I'm really struggling, but like, you know, he's good at everything and he's, he's on the football team and you know, he's, he's getting the good grades and people look up to him. And I know that with, you know, since I'm with him, like it's, when we're a couple, like everything's okay. And if you find your peace in relationships, People can let you down or relationships can end. There's all these different things. What is your source of your peace? And then our minds come to this, that God sometimes is our prince of convenience. Sometimes God is the prince of our happiness or sometimes he's the prince of my preference. But the thing is, it, it doesn't call him any of those. See, it calls him the prince of peace. But I think sometimes we see him as the prince of convenience and the prince of happiness and the prince of my preference because when I'm in a bad situation, I want God to remove me from that situation. If you could be completely honest with me right now, I would love to see, and I, I, just raise your hand, when you're in a bad situation, how many of you want to get out of it as quickly as you possibly can? You know what? That's because you're normal, and I'm normal, well, somewhat. The prince of convenience, when we label God as the prince of convenience, what we say is that this is not convenient that you put me in this situation. When we label God the prince of happiness, we start to think that maybe when we're not happy, he's actually not our prince at all. And when he becomes the prince of your preference, you'll start to be upset at him when he doesn't bring you the peace that you deserve. Can I let you in on something? I have tried so many things over the year to make me happy. Not bad things, just things. So many different things that I thought would make me happy, not just this year, but years, for years. Where maybe it was a new hobby, and I just thought, yeah, I just need to try something new. Maybe I'm getting bored in life. I've been playing a lot of basketball. Maybe I start playing golf. Or I've, you know, maybe it's a new hobby, or, or maybe it's uh, new relationships or something where you know, Megan and I will, you know, get some new friends. And again, these are all great things. But again, keep in mind where the source is. And I'm looking for all these new things because I'm thinking maybe they can bring me some sort of happiness. But you know how that is. We're humans and this is never good enough and we always have to get to this. Because I'd love if, if we could be satisfied and content at certain times in our lives. But the truth is we're just not. Because that's not how we were wired. 
And so I'll try something and I'll, maybe it'll make me happy for a little bit and then I'll realize, okay, now I feel the exact same as I did. And then I'll try something else and I'm like, okay, that hobby, that was fun. I'm not very good at golf, but that was still fun. I'm happy, but now ah, that's kind of getting, I'm gonna try something else. And we keep trying to find happiness. It's one of the reasons that in our society we live in the most depressed society we've ever lived in. Let me tell you this, marriage rates of divorce is higher than it's ever been. Why? Because people are looking for happiness. People are searching for happiness. And if I'm not happy, then certainly there's no peace in my marriage, right? Because happiness and peace obviously equal the same thing, right? Because God is the prince of happiness. So you should always be happy. And if you're not happy every single second of your life, then certainly God's not doing his job because he's the prince of happiness. He's the prince of convenience and he's the prince of my preference, right? And my preference is that I'd always be happy. I don't ever wanna go through anything bad and you guys just raised your hand and admit it. When we go through something bad, the quicker I can get out of it, the better, right? But he's not the prince of my preference. He's not the prince of convenience and he's not the prince of our happiness. While those are all incredible things, God wants us to be happy. I'm not saying that. He wants us to pursue great things that make us happy. We just got done talking about it. We're creative beings. He wants you to get involved in different hobbies and all those things. But what is your source? The, the society that we live in is depressed because we think we have to always have this good feeling of happiness. I've heard it so many times I can't count. I'm not kidding. Where I've had people come to me or I've even went to somebody and I've said, I'm just not happy. Like, I don't know what, I don't know why. Like, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm struggling with some anxiety. You know, at times struggle with some depression where I get down and I just, I'm just not happy. And you know, I wanna be happy and every one of us wants to be happy and there is no issue with being happy. You should pursue being happy. But what happens when you can't find the happiness that you want? Does that mean that God is not the prince of, not the prince of peace? Because I think sometimes, if, if you're like me, I've attributed and I've connected those two things. That when I'm not happy, he's certainly not my prince of peace. In fact, in 29 years of living, I can say I've, there's been a lot of happy times, but there's been a lot of you know, dark times too in my life. And God has been the prince of peace to me in those happy times because I connected it with that. And during the bad times, I asked this question. God, where are you? Like, Megan and I are struggling. We need some help. Where are you? Do you not care about us? Like, you realize if, if something happens to us, this, this would tear our family apart. This could, this could really, you know, have a ripple effect. And, and are you even there? Or maybe something's not going my way, you know, in my job, and I'm thinking, hey, God, I've said this before. Hey, God, do you have a plan for me? Like, I mean, are we, are we supposed to be around here, you know? I turned down my dream job with the Jags and you know, like, am I supposed to be in Jacksonville right now? No, like I don't really know where I'm supposed to be. Do you care about like my future? Or maybe you've said something like this where financially things are really tough and you're thinking, God, I don't know what we're gonna do. I mean, we, we have so much to figure out and we don't have the money and, and it's making us fight and, it's, and we're trying to figure all this stuff out. Like, do you even know? Do you even look at my bank account? Do you have any idea what's going on? And when things are going bad, those are the things that we find ourselves asking God. Why? Because in those moments, if you can be really honest with yourself, he might not at that time be labeled as the Prince of Peace in your life. Because what you actually labeled him again was the Prince of Convenience, the Prince of Happiness, and the Prince of My Preference. I've done this so many times, so many times that I can't count. But I wanna share something, what Jesus said in John 16, 28 through 33. He says this. <clears throat> he says, 
<coughs> excuse me. He says, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now, I'm, now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. He's talking to the disciples. Uh, then Jesus, uh, then Jesus' disciples said, now are you speaking clearly and without figures of speech? Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming, in fact, and in fact, that has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. This is what I want you to catch. I have told you these things, and you've seen this verse many times. I have told you these things, that in me you may have peace. The crucial word. I should have highlighted in me as well. That in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. I know Blair's talked about this before. You've heard this before, that you're going to have trouble. But the truth is that Jesus is not kidding here. Because none of you and myself have lived a perfect life. And it doesn't just mean that we haven't lived a perfect life. It, it means that sometimes we haven't been dealt a perfect life. In fact, every time, every human has been dealt an imperfect life. Which means that you're going to have trouble. But God's telling you that in him, you can actually have peace. Have you ever heard somebody say, when somebody passes away, and I was even afraid to even bring this up because this is such a sensitive issue, and I have not lost anyone <clears throat> where I would know what this feels like, but I wanna ask you this. If you've ever lost somebody, I've heard people say that I'm receiving peace that only God can give, and I genuinely believe them when they say that. I believe that when somebody has lost, and it doesn't mean the pain's not there. It doesn't mean that the sadness is not there. It doesn't mean that the hurt's not there. But they'll say that the only peace that I could get, see in the, in the moment when, when that happens, they're not finding their peace in their financial security. They're not finding peace from their job. They're not finding peace from the preferences they have in life. They're finding peace from God because he is the only source that can offer real peace. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying, that I'm gonna tell you something as I go up to heaven, I wanna let you know that I'm gonna leave you with something. I'm gonna leave you with this idea that peace is only found in me. And I want you to know something before I go. I want you to know that there's gonna be really, really difficult times. Some of you don't even know this yet, but some of you are gonna get crucified. That's what he would have been probably telling them. Peter, you have no idea, but you're gonna do some dumb stuff. You're gonna deny me three times. You're gonna, the rooster's gonna crow. You're gonna look over in shame. You're gonna make some mistakes. But I wanna tell you, Peter, when it's all said and done, you're gonna die like me, but you're actually gonna die upside down because Peter was crucified upside down on a cross because he said he wasn't even worthy enough to be crucified the same way as Jesus. You think peace, Peter had peace on that cross? I don't think he did. That's because we need to look at what peace is. In Zechariah 8, 12, God says this. He says, for I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit the earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew once more. I will cause the uh, remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings. So you're saying, what does that mean? Well, I wanna jump down and we'll come back, but I wanna jump down to the New Testament version of peace. I've heard it pronounced Erin. That's what I've heard it pronounced. So we'll say Erin, which is the New Testament. Uh, that's the New Testament's version of peace. And here it is. This version of peace, when Jesus 
dies on the cross, it refers to salvation that comes from God or the harmonious relationship between persons, also known as the harmonious relationship between you and God and me and God. When you think about peace, I wanna ask you something really quick. This doesn't say anything about happiness. This doesn't say anything about convenience. This doesn't say anything about my mind of what peace should actually be. What this simply says is it's salvation between you and Jesus. It's a harmonious relationship between you and Jesus and you and other believers. That is what peace is. When I was reading this week and I was diving into a little bit of the Hebrew and I started thinking about this, I thought, oh my goodness. You mean God doesn't care if I, like, I, I know God doesn't want me to go through bad times, but sometimes I do. And then when I do, I think, why do, good, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Maybe you've asked that question. Like, we're pretty, you know, privileged and blessed, but there's other countries that, like, Kids are dying, you know, because they don't have any food, they don't have any water. And how could a good God, you know, what, what we're calling, how could a good God let this happen? I've heard that question so many times. And then I was introduced to, to this, really, where I thought, oh my gosh, everybody on this planet, and that's what the, the missionaries are doing, everybody on this planet, we hope that someday we'll have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter what situation you're currently in, you can have peace because peace isn't about happiness. Peace is actually about salvation that comes from God. Now, this is so easy for me to say because I'm not starving, clearly. My dad bod keeps getting a little bit bigger, but I, I'm not starving. I'm, I'm not thirsty. I'm not going through a really, really tough time right now. So it's, it's easy for me to sit up here, ask me next time, you know, maybe I'm going through a tough time. I might tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling. And that's okay. You can be struggling. You're going through a tough time. I want you to know though, simply the truth is that, the, is that peace is not found in happiness and it's not found in anything other than Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? It's not found in anything other than Jesus Christ. It's salvation from God in a harmonious relationship. And I wanna show you a story as we jump into the New Testament. And it's in Acts 9, 10 through 19. And it's, it's, it's a great story. It actually reminds me of the story of Jonah, which I've shared many times. I love that story because there's a lot of juice in there. Acts 9, through, uh, 10 through, uh, Acts 9, 10 through 19, it says, in Damascus, there was a disciple, disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias uh, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, what's happening right now is very similar to what Jonah was experiencing is God is asking Jonah to go to a place where if they don't like you or what you have to say, they bury you up to the sand and cut your tongue out. That's a real, real thing. And I can't blame Jonah for wanting to go there. Now, God is asking Ananias to go talk to this guy named Saul and lay his hands over and pray him. We know Saul. He's one of the most intense guys that killed Christians, brutally killed Christians. So you can imagine Ananias, who's a prophet, who's a little bit kind of afraid to go see Saul because what's Saul going to do? So, um, let's see, he says, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. 
And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument, gonna be Paul, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when we read the Bible, it's very easy because we know what happens in the stories. But can you imagine that actual moment for Ananias? I think it probably would have went something like this. Hey, um, bro- Brother Saul, um, I don't really know how to say this, but I know you, you, know, you, you know your history. We don't need to really bring it up. And uh, Jesus, you know, God asked me to come and lay hands on you in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, is that cool if I do that? I, I really don't want any trouble, but he probably would have been a little bit afraid, even though he knows the promise from God, because you and I know promises from God, and that doesn't mean we always obey. So Ananias probably would have been a little hesitant to go pray over somebody, even with the promise of God, that this guy is Saul and has brutally killed Christians. I, I would think he'd be a little, little bit afraid of that, but maybe that's just me. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the whole idea of peace as we begin to close out this morning. I wanna tell you that it's not that God delivers me from my situations, it's that he's there to walk through them with me. Every one of you raise your hand and rightfully so, that you wanna get out of a bad situation as quickly as you can. And I would raise my hand, and you know what? Even after this sermon, I'm still gonna raise my hand, and you're still gonna raise your hand because we don't wanna be in bad situations. What I don't want you to miss this morning is I'm not saying that God wants you to walk through bad situations, that he doesn't have your best interest in mind. What I'm simply saying is that Jesus himself said that bad stuff is gonna happen, that you will have troubles in this world, and he wants you to know that you best take heart. But take heart doesn't mean find happiness. Take heart doesn't mean find convenience. Take heart doesn't mean everything's gonna be good. Take heart means obey what I have to say because salvation is a part, obedience is a part of salvation and the greatest thing you could do to have peace is to obey God because Ananias probably would have been a little bit afraid. He probably would have been a little terrified to go to Saul and he would have probably had some questions. In fact, he did. Wait, God, are you serious? This is the guy that crucified or uh, you know, kills Christians and stuff. And God didn't say, ah, you're right, you know what? I promised you happiness, let's forget it. You wanna hit up 18 next week? No, he didn't say that. He said, hey man, I promise you I'm gonna go with you. And when you go talk to Saul and you lay your hands on him, the Holy Spirit's gonna fill him, he's gonna be able to see, and I want you to baptize him. I would love when God called me to do something for me just to say, nah, I'm good. That's gonna inconvenience me a little bit because God, aren't you the prince of my convenience? Or, nah, you know, that's not really my preference. I kind of saw it a little bit more this way. I know you have it kind of this way, but I was really thinking, you know, path B was gonna be a little better than path A. So if you don't mind, God, I'd love to just go path B. You've heard the song, you know, same direction by Hoobastank. Let's just go with that. It'll be totally fine. He doesn't say that because he's not the prince of my preference. He's not the prince of my convenience. He's not the prince of my happiness. I can tell you that he loves you He wants you to be happy. He deeply cares about you. 
And you know why I know he wants you to be happy? Because he came down and died the most gruesome death so that eternally you could be happy and you could be one with him. That's how I know you're gonna be happy because if you put your salvation in Jesus and the kids who are starving, I, I mean, we, and we need to do all we can, but in this world, there's so many terrible things. There's disease, there's sickness, there's hunger, there's all these things. And every single, single one of us has to accept the gift of Jesus Christ. That's what peace is. And while as disciples, we should be going out and trying to help those people and care for the orphans and the widows, those are incredible things. But I want you to know that what your job in this life is is simply to obey God. And you're gonna find peace when you do. You might not find happiness, you might not find convenience, and you might, it might not be your preference. But I can tell you that you will have peace because peace is simply found. Irene salvation and being in a harmonious relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what peace is. When you walk through something bad this morning or tomorrow or the next day or this weekend, because we're all gonna have stuff happen at work this week, we're all gonna have arguments in our relationships, we're all gonna have, get, you know, we'll all probably get a flat tire this week, stuff is gonna happen. And it's not the most convenient, doesn't exactly make me happy, it wouldn't be my preference, but I can tell you that as long as you are working and caring about your salvation, and you have accepted Jesus Christ, you will have peace, because that's what he's promised to offer you. I want you to know this morning as we close that peace isn't the presence of happiness between you and your circumstances. That's foolish. I wish it was. I really do. Because that's how I've seen peace for too long. I've seen peace as happiness in my life. And while I think that peace is attached to happiness, Happiness is not the source because there's gonna be tough times and if you wanna be happy every moment, every second of every day, you're certainly not gonna be. But that doesn't change the fact that God is your Prince of Peace. You see, peace is the gratitude that you have towards what God has given you. That's what peace is, being thankful for his salvation, being thankful that he died on the cross for you and me. I'd love to call the band back up here as we, we play our last song, if they could come back up here. Um, I think sometimes in life it's easy for us to think we can never find peace. And so I wanna ask you a quick question that I asked you earlier. Do you have peace in your life right now? And where does your peace come from? As I ask you this, I want you to think in terms of what we just talked about with the word erin, which means salvation and a harmonious relationship from God. So I wanna ask you this morning, do you have peace in, in your life right now? What I'm actually saying is, have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? I'm not asking you if you're happy. I do care about your happiness, I promise. I love talking to you guys about things that are going on and I desperately really wanna see each and every one of you happy. I wanna be happy, I want them to be happy. But I'm not, I'm not asking that right now. I'm not asking if you're happy. I'm not asking if you're having the best time of your life. What I wanna ask you this morning is do you have peace? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? One that you trust? A relationship that says, you know what? I'm in a harmonious relationship with you, God, because I'm trying to pursue you. I'm trying to obey. I know I'm gonna mess up because that's just life. But at the same time, I want you to know that I'm trying to pursue you. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, I want you to be encouraged because you're gonna walk out of this room with peace. You might not walk out with happiness or con convenience 
or excitement or any of that stuff. You might walk home to a really tough situation, a broken marriage, a tough situation at work. Finances aren't so good. You might walk home to all that. And I, I'm sorry that you're walking home to that. And I can tell you I've walked home to that too. But I want to ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, would you come find somebody after the service? I'm going to take a moment to pray. I know we don't do necessarily a lot of altar calls, if you will, at Waypoint, but that's what it's about. We want to have people be accepting Jesus. Most importantly, we want you to have peace with Jesus. And so I'm going to take a moment to pray. And if you have not accepted Jesus in your life, I'd love to ask you to find somebody. Find Austin, myself, you know, Morgan, Gavin, Lee, anybody, really, um, that you trust. And you want to tell them, you know what, I want to have peace in my life. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Dear Jesus, we come before you this morning with humble hearts knowing that troubles do happen. Relationships do struggle. Jobs are not always easy. Raising kids, not always easy. And I have asked the question so many times, why do bad things happen to good people? And that really is probably a whole nother subject, but I've asked you that many times. And when you haven't been able to give me an answer, I've just assumed you're not the Prince of Peace. I, I've actually, in my mind sometimes, just thought you were a seasonal Prince of Peace. <clears throat> that you, that when I'm happy, you're there. When I'm sad, you're distant. And when, you know, my feelings are hurt or you know, somebody said something about me or, you know, or something got back to me or I feel, you know, not confident. I felt like maybe you're not my Prince of Peace. But when I start to think like that, I start buying into the lie that you're called the Prince of Convenience and the Prince of Preference and the Prince of Happiness. And while I believe, God, you are the Prince of Happiness because you do give us such joy and we're so happy for what you did on the cross, you never promised that the source would always be happiness. You promised us peace, which meant that in the New Testament, with the Hebrew word arene, it meant to us that as long as we have salvation with you, we can go through anything, which is why I believe that when people lose somebody, they can say that God's giving me peace. Why? Because they have the hope that they will absolutely 100% see that person again someday. That's why they have peace. They don't have happiness in that moment. They're not lacking sadness. They're not not frustrated with you. They're not questioning, not questioning why you took this person? How could this happen? They're doing all those things because that's just normal, God. The reason they have peace and the reason you offer us peace and the reason you're the only person who can offer us peace is simply because when we lose that person, we know we'll see them again. We have the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's that simple that you wanna just let us know that God, we need you. As, we, as I showed that verse in Zechariah, the whole idea was that the land that they were trying to, to have, God, was probably not land that was gonna produce vegetation and water like Blair talked about last week, but he wanted, you wanted us to know, God, that you're the only one that can do that. May we walk out of here knowing that life is not gonna be easy as we already know, that life is not always fun, there's problems, there's struggles, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's a ton of stuff going on in our world, God. 
And while I want to see all that just go away, and I know you do, in fact, that's why you're going to come down someday, God, and you're going to wipe all that out, and there will be peace on earth. But for now, peace is not just about being on this earth. Peace is about salvation beyond this earth and beyond our lifetime, and it's about salvation with you. May we remember, if somebody in this room today, God, does not know you, does not have you as their savior, and is walking around trying to pursue this idea that I want to be happy, because I hear that all the time in our society, that we're pursuing happiness. I can tell you, we will never experience happiness 24-7. It's not happening. So the fact that we're going for it and think that's obtainable is foolish to me. What I ask today, God, is if there is not, if there's somebody that does not have a relationship with you, Jesus, would you touch their heart? Would you let them say that today is the day? I want to have peace with God. I want to have a harmonious relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's them, would they find the courage to talk to somebody, anybody, anybody in this room? We thank you, God, that you can bring us peace. We are incredibly grateful. And you know what, God? We're incredibly happy that you're our Savior. It's in Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you're able to experience what's happening here at Waypoint Community Church through our podcast. Our prayer is that these resources are a blessing to you. Please be sure to catch us again next time.